0: Welcome to the D-SHIFT podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-SHIFT podcast. And I've got to tell you, this is an interview I've been looking forward to ever since I met Elaine Blaze. She is a certified life coach and midlife troublemaker. And I just love that title. So I think that's a good place to jump in. Elaine, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, Marty. I have been looking forward to this too. We had a great conversation a few weeks back and I'm like, this is going to be juicy.
0: So I'm thrilled! I'm thrilled to have a midlife troublemaker on the show. Tell tell us a little bit about um, how you got where you are, what's your area of interest and passion, and the ways that you help people. Because I know you do a lot of fantastic stuff.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm going to jump into the midlife troublemaking thing first, um, which actually came about. A girlfriend and I were talking about. Um, how we were perceived as kids, the things that we didn't want to be labeled. And for her, it was bold. For me, it was don't be a troublemaker. And I really started to think about what does that actually mean, right? Was I really making trouble or was I just not following the script in my family? And so I decided that um, embracing the whole troublemaking idea in midlife Really worked for me. I um, I was married very young and had a wonderful family, a good husband, the career, the house, the dogs, the car—you know, all of it, the dream, so to speak—and I was really miserable. And so, in midlife, I decided to that something had to change, and it was probably me for a lot of reasons. And um, and so, I really disrupted my life. I turned it upside down in the middle of my life. I was in late 40s, early 50s, and um, went back to school, back to college to get my, uh, to earn my undergrad, which I had not done earlier. And uh, the more I really started to spread my wings and do things that felt really fulfilling to me, Um, the further apart my then husband and I drifted. And so in the midst of all of that, finding myself, um, we ended a 35-year marriage. And so in that moment, I was um, kind of floundering, you know, who am I? I've been a we for 35 years. Now I'm all of a sudden me. Um, And it was also a tremendous gift because it was the place that I really began to sort out who am I and what do I want?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's such a powerful um, message. I love that term that you use, the gift of divorce, because it it can be, I believe, it can be a transition point in life. It can be a, a place to evaluate and see where you are and um, really do what you want to do when you grow up kind of experience, right?
1: Yeah. Who do I want to be? I will say it did not feel like a gift immediately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. It took, it took a lot of inner work. It took a lot of soul searching, um, experimenting in a way. You know, what what do I really want to do now? What would feel good to me? Um, so probably for the first almost year after I was really lost, Um or searching. I'm not sure how to, you know, I think, I think searching is really what's happening in that feeling of being lost. Um, And that just, that took a while and it took a lot of help. And really in that time in my life is when I first thought out coaching. Yeah. Um, You know, looking for someone who can guide me through this. Um, I started reading books. I started to listen to podcasts and follow people like, um, Michael Beckwith and Deepak Chopra and and really um, start to take personal responsibility for what was happening in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned a couple of things that are really, um, I think, really critical uh, for anybody going through divorce uh, that might be listening in is that it doesn't matter even if, and I talk to my clients about this all the time. It doesn't matter if you wanted the divorce. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy for you. Um, you're still going to have to go through that, that loss of that dream that you had when you got married because nobody gets married thinking, yay, the divorce is going to be a terrific experience for everybody. And what do you think when you said you kind of I'm going back to the very beginning, you said you went outside of the mold or what your family was expecting, and that's where that disruptor title troublemaker kind of came in. Why do you think why do you think there is that mold that we I think we all sort of feel like we're somehow supposed to make every single relationship work um, once we say I do and put rings on our fingers, automatically that makes that that relationship, different than every other relationship in our lives because we walk away from friends. We even walk away from other family members at different times in life. But for some reason, we feel obligated to make that marriage work. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I can only speak for my personal experience. Um, you know, I was raised in a very conservative religious family. And so part of that is, you know, uh, till death do us part. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of shame in not making that work, which the minute, one one thing I've learned in all of this is the minute I hear myself say, I can make that work. I'm barking up the wrong tree because, because making things work is trying to force things to happen. And I did that for a long time in my marriage. Um, But I think also socially, you know, if you look at um, movies and TV and media and the way we're raised to think of, Mm -hmm. um, relationships, you know, that they're the be all and end all. Um, I have really changed that for myself. I don't believe that we're necessarily meant to be with any one person for all of our lives. I think that we are in relationships to learn and grow spiritually, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we, sometimes we do that together and sometimes we can only go so far in that and it's time to move on. I have a very, very different take on marriage and relationships now.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that, I think that it's almost like, um, and and this is very flippant. So I'm not suggesting that marriage is like buying a car, but you wouldn't want to, test drive one car have to buy it and know that is the only car you can own for the rest of your life i mean that's the relationship you and that car um i just don't i don't i just don't think human beings necessarily fit that mold now there with that being said there are people who get into that relationship and it is a great relationship. It's a healthy one. It's beneficial for both people and they stay together for forever and they're they're joyful to be around. So I, I think we just have to be open to a less rigid definition of what relationships need to be.
1: Yeah, I think there's no right or wrong way to do this. Um, but there is a lot of There are a lot of um, ideas, concepts, beliefs in our culture and in our families that there is only one way to do this. And, you know, speaking of that car, if that was the car that you had for life, it might break down, (laughs) right? (laughs) And you may have to get rid of it, right? Right. So, yeah, um, not the best um, analogy. It's not. It's not. (laughs) But it's true. I mean, I I, I think that there's, mm, I just had a thought and it just gone. Anyway. going to move on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so, so let's, so with, with some of that baggage that we carry, I'm just going to call it baggage, whether it's religious, whether it's our own perceptions of what relationships are supposed to look like, whether it's um, like you say, the influence of the media and the culture and everything that we're dealing with, there's a lot of guilt and a lot of um, anxiety and a lot of even fear for women, especially women who have been in a relationship for a long time and are now going through a divorce and knowing that they're going to be single, please stay single for at least a year. Please don't go from one relationship right into another because that's sort of a recipe for disaster. But um, you talk about self-approval. That's the art of self-approval. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that's a really critical aspect of healing and moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is, and it is a pro- It was for me a process. So for me, the art of self approval, you know, just like embracing the troublemaker in me, right? The things that I perceive, or others perceived, make me difficult or a troublemaker. Um, embracing those is really where my gifts are, right? Just um, appreciating, approving of everything about myself. I think we um, we live in a culture that demands perfectionism, and I think women especially um, are programmed that way. We're conditioned. I, I think about how much we compare ourselves, how much we obsess about our weight, about our size, about our clothes, about whether we're good moms, good wives, good, and all of that is perfectionism that we're raised with. Mm -hmm. And so the art of self-approval is really about letting go of that perfectionism, first being able to see it for yourself, because I think it's very, I think it's ubiquitous and I think it's very hard to really recognize it all the time. We, we see it in obvious ways when we are, you know, maybe afraid to take a leap of faith because we're afraid it's not going to work out and we're afraid of what people are going to think. It's not going to be perfect. I made the wrong choice, all of those things. But I think it's um, much more subtle than that in a lot of ways. So the art of self-approval is really appreciating, approving of, embracing, embodying everything about yourself, even the things you think are difficult, the things you think are unacceptable, and the things that you think make you just plain wrong. Right. Okay. And really leaning into those, because those are typically things that we have picked up on because of other people's perceptions, and they're not true. And the more we can release that need for perfection and truly step into our own authenticity, Mm -hmm. we let go of the need for outside approval that's where our true power is to truly be ourselves. And it's very freeing. It's not an easy process, but it is incredibly freeing.
0: And I I think that that, what you said about women, I think men to a certain degree too, but looking for approval from peers, from colleagues, from parents, from children, wherever it may be, you know, I don't know how... How do you break out of that mold? Um, like how, what's the first step to self-approval self, um, and just honoring your authenticity? What does that look like for, say, for somebody who's saying, well, that's okay to say that, but how do I actually do it?
1: Yeah. Um, so for me, when I'm working with clients and even in my own life, it is a recognition of, what i what I have accomplished in my life and who I am, and so so often we focus on the gaps in our life. We focus on what we're not, yes, what we don't have, what we think we should have and don't have. And instead, if we look at what we do have, and this is this is really the practice of gratitude, right? how can i what can I appreciate right now in this moment about me, about my life? About what I've done um, in my life, and focus on that, stay in the appreciation of it, because the more we focus on I'll call it what we've gained or who we truly are, the positive things, the more we'll see the positive things, the more they'll show up in our life. right When we're always focused on what we don't have, what we you know what we we um, think we should have, then we just stay in the not having of it. Mm-hmm. Because that's where our attention is
0: Yeah, it's sort of like you know if you're looking for somebody to mess up, you'll spot them messing up a hundred times out of a hundred. If you're looking for somebody to do something wonderful, you will find something wonderful that they're doing. it's It's a matter, and we have to we have to use that skill set on ourselves, um, that same sort of uh, mentality. Um, what about what about the so i'm gonna I'm gonna use an example from my life. when I went through my divorce. Um, I would, I would just keep thinking, what did I do wrong? How did I create this? You know what? And yes, there's that self-reflection I think is important because I think in most divorces, not all, but in most there's, there's some shaky stuff that starts happening and nobody corrects it. And then it becomes more shaky until the foundation goes. Um, But how do you, how could I stop? Every time I start thinking about that relationship immediately going to the guilt and the blame and the sense of well if I would only done that I should could have should have would have you know that kind of stuff um is that something where you yeah. do automatically or how does that come about and what do we do about
1: it I think I think everything everything about self approval begins with awareness I think anything we want to change in our life become, begins with awareness right we have to see the thing to know we want to change it Yeah. And, and what I really learned, I, I can appreciate what you just said. I can remember being in the sort of the muck before actually divorcing and thinking, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Why can't I make this work? I have everything I'm supposed to want. I'm not happy. And I realized I was just asking the wrong questions. It's really, and that sounds really simple. Like, what, what do you mean? But truly, when we're asking what's wrong with me and how did I create this and, and why is my life like this, we're placing judgment on ourselves, right? We're shaming ourselves. Well, first of all, for me, divorce felt shaming to begin with right? because of my background. And then I'm shaming myself on top of it, right? What's right. wrong with me? What if there's nothing wrong with me? right what do i really want here and really to begin asking much different questions not blame questions but curiosity yeah. questions right if if this were if this were resolved today what would i really want or where do i really want to place my energy and what if what if this divorce actually sets us both free to live better lives
0: yeah yes those are terrific questions. I love that. I, I and I think that opens up the, the door to possibilities and opportunities when you do that. Um one of one of the things that I focus on, and I've said this in a couple of podcasts. So if people have listened to it, you, you may be thinking, why does she keep repeating herself? But I think this is so important. So many of the women I work with are so stuck in the muck, like you said that they aren't even thinking six months a year two years down the road and so everything the divorce becomes everything it becomes all consuming that guilt that shame that blame that embarrassment sometimes um humiliation even about it if you don't if you can't see a light at the end of the rainbow or a, a, at the end of the tunnel you're not going to keep moving through that tunnel you're just going to get stuck right where you are because it doesn't look like there's any potential for moving forward so Even I'm I'm guessing even just acknowledging, hey, you know, I this is a feeling I'm experiencing now, but this doesn't define me. And what if I was able to let this feeling go? What if I was able to let this feeling of being stuck go? Who do I need to what resources do I need to do that? You start working on it as a problem. Now that if you got a problem, you got a solution. You just have to find it. It's not just this sense of being in this bad place.
1: Yeah, I think that's really true. And I I got stuck in the muck for a while. So I can really appreciate that. Um, yeah, how do I how do I move forward is usually with curiosity. Um, what is the possibility? What's the greater possibility here? And um you mentioned feelings, and I think that more than just um recognizing the feeling and wanting to move beyond it beyond it i think if when we recognize the feeling and get curious about it there's a need under that that is asking to be met right and that me- need just might be self compassion yeah, It might be letting go, recognizing that there is shame under there and, and, you know, letting that go, being okay with it, recognizing it, saying, okay, I get it. This is what I'm feeling and it's okay. Cause I'm, because this is happening, you mm-hmm. know, the more we try to dismiss and push aside the uncomfortable feelings, the longer it takes us to move through the muck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I'm going to throw this in here too. If you have people in your life that are fueling that shame and guilt and blame around the divorce, get rid of them. Like, no, (laughs) I don't mean literally get rid of them. But you know, set up healthy boundaries for yourself. Keep them at an arm's length. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to talk about your divorce to anybody if you don't want to. But definitely, those people that are going to be fueling that fire or adding to that level of muck that you're walking through, you don't want to be. Those are not people that need to be in your life during, during the divorce process anyhow. Um, And until you get comfortable again, um, moving forward with yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's no, you do not have to make yourself suffer more (laughs) because (laughs) someone else disagrees with your choice. Yeah.
0: So I I love this. I love this whole idea of the gift of divorce, um, the power of stepping into your own um, self, self acknowledgement and self-approval. Do you, do you, when women come to work with or come to you and work on this, is this typically something that most people are kind of intuitively already understanding they need, or is it kind of one of those hidden things that until they start working with a coach and maybe having that, that mirror held up to get that reflection back, uh, is it hard for people to understand this that you work with, or is it something they're, they're pretty much aware that they need some support in this area?
1: I think uh, most of the time women are looking for some support in this area. They just feel terrible and they'd like to feel better. Yeah. I mean, really, that's what, that's what most of us, you know, most of us are not walking out the door going, gee, I need to approve of myself more.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: What we're doing is we're going, I really feel like crap and I I don't know what to do about it. I want, you know, how do I feel better? Can you help me feel better? That's typically what I'm hearing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, there's nothing, I always think there's no bad things in life. If you can find a way to grow personally and um, get healthier, get stronger, get more confidence, all of those things are really important. So absolutely. Lane, you have shared a ton of information and you've got me thinking about some things that I maybe need to take a bigger look at in my life as well. And I think we all do, right? This is an ongoing process to keep building our sense of uh, self-approval what is the what is the takeaway you'd like people to remember from our conversation today?
1: Yeah, I don't think we use these words exactly, but um the idea that there's not that there's nothing wrong here. whatever we're experiencing in life is happening for us, and it's happening through us um so there is never anything wrong, and from that perspective, that something that feels bad is happening for me, it allows me to stay more open to possibilities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great mindset to have, right? This isn't being done to me. I'm not the victim of some <coughs> cosmic joke here. This is something that I can, I can learn and develop and grow through. I love that. I love that idea. Elaine, if people want to learn more about what you do or talk to you or work with you, what is the best way for them to reach you?
1: Well, I would love for them to talk with me and work with me. Um, You can find me on my website, which is elaineblaze, that's B L A I S dot com. I'm mostly on Instagram on social media at elaineblaze coaching. And I also um, invite any woman who is kind of a midlife troublemaker to um join in my Facebook community. It is called a Difficult Woman Collective. And um we are actually, I have a 4:30 Eastern time um Zoom call today with the women in that group because we are going to talk about perfectionism.
0: Nice. That you know what? I may just have to hop over there and join your group.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all of this. And I encourage people, um, reach out, get get involved with the Facebook group, get to know Elaine. She's she's a phenomenal resource, I think, for, for any of us going through some of these uh, life transitions and uh, who want to stay troublemakers in our midlife years and beyond. <laughs> thank you so much, Elaine. And thank you, everybody, for listening into The D-Shift. And don't forget, listen in again next week. Thanks for listening and supporting The D-Shift Podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-SHIFT crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.